Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Entree Architect membership has monthly training, unlimited access to all our business resources, and a private member forum with hundreds of entrepreneur architects just like you. Everything you need to build a better business is available now at EntreeArchitect.com. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 260. And this week, I'm with Kate Stevenson, and we're talking triple bottom line. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, Gusto. Gusto is refreshingly easy payroll, benefits, and HR for the modern small business. RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and so much more at RCAT.com, and FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work you love. Kate Stevenson, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Hi, Mark. Good to be here. It's great to have you here. Uh, Kate is a partner at Helm Construction Solutions uh, and an experienced leader in the fields of green building, professional education, sustainability, and business management. She's worked with established and emerging businesses and nonprofits to achieve triple bottom line metrics, develop building business systems, and plan for a dynamic and resilient future. She has a deep experience in post-secondary education and has led Yestermorrow Design Build School, which is where we were introduced, not at Yestermorrow, but I was looking for someone who was interested, who had done some work there, and you led that program for over 13 years. So I'm thankful for you to be here. I'd love to, to learn a little bit more about Yes Tomorrow in our conversation. Uh, so people know what it is. I think it's a great program and I wanted to get that word out. Um, but I, I shared a little bit about who you are and what you're doing. Before we get into that and some of the other things that you're doing uh, currently, uh, I'd love for you to share your origin story. So sort of go back to where you started, what inspired you to become what you are today and tell us that story. Sure. Um... Well, I think it really goes back to um, growing up. I grew up in rural New Hampshire, and my dad was a, a contractor and a foreman on a construction crew, basically his whole career. Um, so I grew up being surrounded by the construction world, um, but honestly never thought that that was what I'd be doing for a living. Um, 
So I, you know, I grew up there, worked summers for a construction company in Norwich, Vermont, um, went off to college, went to get my liberal arts degree. Um, and then when I was out of college, basically was kind of trying to figure out, like kind of interested in environmental issues, interested in um, historic preservation, land conservation, those types of things, did a bunch of different internships. Um, and about a year out of college is where I ended up at Yestermorrow um, for just planning to be there for the summer. Um, <laughs> but I was really interested in, um, you know, I had done a lot of kind of academic reading on sustainable design and green building, but, and I, and I knew something about construction, but I really felt like I didn't have the hands-on experience to be able to talk about these issues with, you know, with legitimate experience. Um, so I thought, oh, you know, I'll head over to Yestermorrow, get do some more hands-on stuff, um, and then be able to kind of go into the world of green building. And I, I really had no idea where I was going to head. Um, but my, what ended up being going from a summer internship into 13 year stint um, at <laughs> Yestermorrow, I always tell people it was, that was a long semester. It was a long, yeah, long internship, and it's a short, la a short corporate ladder. We're going from intern to executive director, but there's, <laughs> there's a couple steps in between there. Um, but you know, it, in the end, it it really did um, do what I wanted to, which was really like give me a a, a, a hands-on building experience as well as more introduction to design because my my academic background is not in architecture. Um, I have a degree in anthropology and environmental science, so. Um, definitely introduced me to the world of architects and builders. Could you tell us a little bit more about Yestermorrow and what it is? Introduce it to, to the listeners sure. who haven't heard of it. Yestermorrow, um, it's a nonprofit organization. It's based up in Wakefield, Vermont, um, and was started in 1980 by John Connell, who is an architect, um, a couple of years out of architecture school at Yale. And he really um, started the school with the idea of that to be a good designer and a good architect, you really need to know something about the construction process. So he really wanted to teach architects and architecture students how to build um, and in order to be better designers. And that was really the, the core or founding idea, I think. Um, and you know, over the last almost 40 years, um, 39 years, um, Yestermar has really evolved into being a place where um, both architects learn how to build, but also builders learn how to design and homeowners and, you know, novices can really get an introduction to the whole design build process and trying to make that whole, whether they're building a house or they're building a kitchen set of kitchen cabinets or, um, you know, a permaculture landscape um, that they can be involved and um, part of the the process of creating the built environment. And so, so, the, so it's hand-on, hands-on design and construction. And yeah. it, are they are they actual projects? Like people do people hire them to do it, or are they? In, yep. How's the how's the actual it, project you work? Know, the whole, it is a school, um, and so everything's based around a curriculum of courses, which range from two-day weekend workshops on like um, you know everything, like how to build a concrete countertop. Um, to a semester-long program for architecture students who really want a lot of hands-on experience. So, you know, you have one-week classes, two-week courses, and then these longer certificates and semesters. Mm -hmm. um, so there's really a range in types of, in the types of courses, and um, most of those courses are for all different levels. So um, you might have a real mix of people in each of those there, but they're all kind of, I think that the, the core themes between them are they're all very hands-on and experiential. Um, and immersive. So when you go to Yestermorrow for a course, it starts at 8 a.m. in the morning and, you know, break for lunch, breaks for dinner. There's usually an evening session, you know, maybe an evening lecture or you're working down in the wood shop after, after dinner. Um, but it's kind of 24 seven. Yeah. It's your life. Yeah. And so it, you can pack a lot in <laughs> to, to a short period of time. How, how important from your point of view, and this may be a, sort of a, an obvious question, but how important do you think it is for architects to, to spend time swinging a hammer? Oh, I mean, I think it's so critical to be able to, you know, and I would watch architects and architecture students come in, you know, and, and even framing a garden shed, you know, which is about the scope of a lot of those short courses. You know, yeah. they're building a tiny house frame or a, a garden shed, things like that. 
um, but just under the basics of understanding, like what the bottom plate looks like and how, how the studs like connect and what is, what's the rafter detail? Um, you know, some of the most basic things you just don't get from typical architecture school and doing, you know, even the most advanced 3D modeling. So I think um, it's really critical for, for anyone who's designing to, to get some experience out in the field. Yeah, I agree. And you also said that the, uh, the programs are, they're, they're, they're all types of people, right? So there are architects and builders and homeowners and there's no separation, right? So if somebody joins that class. Yeah, I mean, there are certainly different tracks, you know, where um, certain courses that are more designed for professionals um, versus homeowners. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the signature courses that's been offered at Yes Tomorrow since the very beginning is called Home Design Build. And that is, is more focused on homeowners and it's, it's kind of a mix of everyone designs their own house in two weeks and they work together to build a group project, a carpentry project. And so in that case, it's like drafting 101, it's yeah. how to figure out your program, you know, defining your dreams and then, you know, building little models and they just take everybody through the whole process and crit at the end. Um, and so that's really about how do you, how as a homeowner or right. aspiring homeowner, you know, you can get involved in the process and understand. And, you know, some of those people go off and build their little cabin in the woods. And some of them, most of them probably end up working with a builder and an architect and not doing it all themselves, but yeah. they, they go into that process being much more informed about um, all the things that go into designing a building and they can speak the, the language a little bit better as they enter into that. Right, which makes that project so much more successful from everybody's point of view. I mean, if you're working with a, a client as an architect, working with a client who understands the process of architectural design and construction, that could be such a, a more fulfilling project. Mm -hmm. and, and a part, you know, a big part of where Yes Tomorrow has evolved over that, those 39 years has also been in the realm of green building and sustainable design. Um, and so, you know, it was one of the first places that was really offered um, designers and builders opportunity to come and learn about some of the new technologies, whether it's super insulation or passive house design. Um, so that it's always, I think Yes Tomorrow has been really pushing those topics forward and offering professional development and continuing education for folks that are interested in, in that too. So it's, it's design build at the core and it's about craft but there's also this other layer of sustainability on top. Yeah. Doing it way before it was cool. Right. <laughs> Doing yeah. it from the beginning. It was, it was part of the, of the program from day one. Mm -hmm. um, the, the other thing that I found that's, that's very beneficial other than, you know, architects learning construction and, and construction people learning design is that they're inter, they're interconnecting and they're, and they're interrelating and there's, they're, they're working together side by side so architects understand how builders think and builders understand how architects think and i think for me that was the most important part of me out on a field um i, I was very intentional i i grew up with a family of builders and construction workers and and um, and auto mechanics and when i told my uncle who was a contractor that i wanted to be an architect he wanted to know why <laughs> Yeah. Why would you do that? Those guys are nuts. Just come out and come, come build with me. And I, and I understood that, that, uh, that builder architect relationship, that headbutting that happens sometimes on, on job sites. And I wanted to know why. And so I intentionally worked out there not only to learn how to build, but to understand the contractor's mind. So when I became an architect, cause I always knew I was going to be an architect. So it was intentional to go out and work next to builders so I could understand that. And I very quickly understood it being out on the job site because I saw how they, how they talked and interacted with architects and how architects interacted with them. And I heard what they said when the architect left. And so I understood the real mentality of what this relationship was and how when I became an architect, I could fix that for me and my projects. And so I think that's so important, uh, something that happens whether intentionally or just by the way that the program has developed that those inter interrelated relationships happen um, and make those, those builders and those architects more successful when they move on to do their own thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, that whole idea is really informed um, everything I've done, you know, at yesterday, but since then, and it's really about building an integrated team um, yeah. um, that, that brings all the expertise to the table 
um, because I think, you know, uh, when I first got to Yes Tomorrow, I was really into the kind of DIY, you know, homesteader mentality, like, oh yeah, I want to go out and build everything myself. And if there's anything I've learned over the last 20 years, it's that it probably doesn't make sense to do everything yourself. <laughs> um, but, you know, you can pull together a team that can really work together, um, but it needs to be facilitated and it's a little bit different than your typical um, design bid build um, architecture, you know, way of doing things. Right. So, so you were at Yestermorrow for 13 years. What did you do after that? Um, so in 20, at the end of 2015, I, um, I left Yestermorrow to start my own consulting business, which is called Helm Construction Solutions. Um, and we work with builders and architects all around the country, um, mainly providing business consulting services around this idea of the triple bottom line, which um, if you're not familiar, yeah, explain that. Basically, if you think of the regular bottom line is about how to be profitable in your business. Um, it's you know, a topic that I'm sure you talk about a lot on Entree Architect. Yes, but, we do. Um, the, you know, the triple bottom line is looking not only at profitability, but also at people and the planet. And so as we make decisions and as we make um, strategic plans for our businesses, we're really trying to look at um, all three of those parts of, you know, parts of our business and how do we serve the people that are part, you know, our, our crew, our clients, um, you know, the owners of the business, how do we serve the people? How do we serve the planet? What are we doing to improve our business practices around um, environmental issues and then also profitability that so we try and have that larger perspective. And so, I, I love that. Yeah. We work with, um, you know, we have worked with about 50 different, different businesses all around the country. They tend to be small business owners, kind of like your, um, like you mainly focus on, but um, both providing project management support, estimating support, and then kind of helping people set up their business systems, whether it's uh, a new website, QuickBooks, um, an employee manual, like we, we really try and help small business owners, a lot of whom still are wearing a tool belt and are out in the field a lot of the time um, and don't have an office manager or office support. You know, how, how can we come in and, and help them develop those systems so they can be more efficient and, and more profitable and do what they want to do better? Yeah. So, so you have the same mission that I do. Right. <laughs> to, to help, you know, I, I want to help architects build better businesses so they can be better architects. Right. You want to help con contractors and construction people build better businesses so they can make the world a better place through construction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talk about our tagline is revolutionizing the building industry. So we're trying to kind of come at it from a bunch of angles. And, um, you know, not only are we working with the contractors, but we also often are hired as an owner's representative. Um, and so we see the client's perspective. We see the builder perspective. We also work with a number of architects um, supporting project management. Um, and um, so, yeah, we kind of have this unique perspective of being how these things interact from all different levels. So how are, let's focus on this triple bottom line a little bit. How could architects who are listening sort of um, embrace that a little bit? How could they learn more about what that is? Maybe is maybe a few resources on on understanding how they can execute that in their own firms, um, but maybe then a, just a few ideas on how they can sort of get started focusing on on that specifically on those three pieces. Yeah, I think um, you know a couple of resources that I might recommend to folks um, here in Vermont. We're lucky we have a, a group called the Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility, um, which is a trade group, but it's really um, businesses from all different industries coming together to really look at. What does it mean to be socially responsible? Um, so that's, you know, that's another phrase that you might hear kind of in the context of the mm -hmm. triple bottom line. Um, and, you know, B Corp is another one. Um, yeah, so we've Corp talked about that in the past. Party certification yeah. um, for companies and it asks you um, to evaluate all kinds of different things around like your, your compensation and benefits. You know, are you, so the, the kinds of things that we talk about and we think about are, um, are you paying a living wage to your employees? Um, you know, are you serving them? Are you um, providing opportunities for their advancement and professional growth? Um, 
are, you know, how, how are you serving your clients and the local community? Um, and so we're often talking about how can you give back, whether it's a pro bono project or some, you know, volunteer day with your crew, um, how can you give back to the local um, community? So those are kinds of things we think about in terms of the people side. On the planet side, you know, we are always um, trying to think about how do we um, inform and educate our clients um, mm -hmm. you know, the consumers of these homes and, and buildings about the options in terms of um, sustainable design and how can we help them push to the next level? If they don't, you know, it's great if you find the person who walks in the door and says, yes, I want a living building challenge building. Right. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen very often. So um, kind of finding out where they're at and then figuring out how to propose solutions that might help move them to the next level. So I know a lot of our clients are talking about how to build foam-free buildings, um, or at least minimize um, the use of foam as much as possible. Um, how can we maximize the use of local materials and reduce the amount of preparation going in? Um, how can we be up to speed on things like passive house and net zero, and um, you know incentivize our our clients to move in that direction? Um, and sometimes the, the planet piece is something as simple as how can we be better at um, recycling on our job site and making sure that we reduce the waste um, on a day-to-day -day basis. So, you know, we try and um, address a lot of those different, different levels. And then on the profit side, you know, it's, we're really focused on um, a lot of it is kind of finance 101. How do you read your profit and loss statement? What is the balance sheet? Um, how do we do, you know, and I know this is a topic that you've talked about before, but, you know, how do we track our job costs effectively and how do we set up QuickBooks or our other bookkeeping systems to, um, to be able to do that easily so that we know um, how much money we're making on each project and why. Um, and, and then, you know, once we can get to that level of understanding, then we can start talking about, yeah, how can we reinvest some of those profits into. Right. Into <laughs> and the planet um and but it's hard to have some of those other conversations when you're losing money and yeah you don't have yeah <laughs> that's exactly why we build entree architect because that's exactly my thought is that you can't do all those other things you can't you know build a firm that the people are cared for and loved and 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 have a great environment to work in and and to serve others and you can't you know focus on making the world a better place if you're struggling to pay the bills every month right. and that because that just gets overwhelming and it restricts you and limits you and so if you focus on making sure your firm is successful and profitable then those other two are so much easier and you can do so much more with with people and the planet and i love your your um, alliteration your ppp um you know your profit people and planet it's it makes it easy to to remember um and i think that and this is probably one of the things that you do is that you help architects and, and builders sort of bake that stuff into your into their business so it's not like they're specializing in you know sustainable architecture it's yeah. just what they do it's just right. how they do it um, and by focusing on building your whole business like that at the core then everything that you do is about those three things we'll be right back to our conversation after this quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors at entree architect Gusto, RCAP, and FreshBooks. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. You don't have time to be an expert in things like taxes and regulations. And old school payroll providers, they just don't get it. They aren't built for the way that we work today. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for small businesses. They're different. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy for you to get things right. You no longer have to be a big company to get the great technology, those great benefits, and the great service for your team. To help support this show, the Entree Architect Podcast, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited-time deal. Sign up today, and you'll get three months, three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to EntreeArchitect.com Gusto and claim your free three months of payroll processing today. EntreeArchitect.com slash gusto for years when i needed information on manufacturers products i headed straight to google 
Then I sifted through the hundreds of results to find the one or two that might be the link to the product that I'm looking for. And more often than not, the link was not what I was seeking. It was outdated or didn't meet my requirements. So I went back to the search engine and started all over again. And this could take all afternoon to find the two or three products that I need. Does this sound familiar? I know you've done this. There is a better way. It's called RCAT. RCAT.com, A-R-C-A-T.com. Find what you're looking for in seconds. Building product information, BIM, CAD, and custom specifications using their exclusive tool, SpecWizard. So make RCAT part of your efficient project workflow. Just type in entrearchitect.com slash RCAT in the internet browser and add that to your favorites. Just click that little favorites button, make RCAT your favorites, and then visit RCAT for every project. Make it part of your workflow. Find what you need fast and make more money on every project. entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. That's entrearchitect.com slash A-R-C-A-T. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. Getting started with FreshBooks is ridiculously easy. Most people send their first invoice just seconds after starting their free trial. And the same goes for time tracking, managing expenses, collaborating with contractors, and viewing financial reports. It's fast and easy. And if you need help at any time, free award-winning customer service is just a phone call or an email away. And if you ever have second thoughts, don't worry. On top of our free trial here for Entree Architect listeners, you get a 30-day money-back guarantee so you don't ever have to worry about choosing FreshBooks. So give FreshBooks a try. Try it free for 30 days. Just visit entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks and then let them know that we sent you by sharing Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks to access your free, unlimited 30-day trial. Gusto, RCAT, and FreshBooks. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. And I think, you know, part of being a consultant is being that outside third party who can come in and say, let's step back for a second, you know, and I think that's one of the big pieces of what we do is not only helping with the day-to-day stuff, but we're also um, saying, okay, let's, like right now we're meeting with all of our clients um, in these like long one day meetings to do planning for the coming year. And Mm -hmm. it's really like, okay, let's step back to the 30,000 foot level and say like, where's this business going? Where do you want to be in five or 10 years? And then we can start talking about what are the baby steps of how we're going to get there. Um, but like, that's such a hard question. Yeah. One, most people don't ask all the time, you know, what, why am I in this business? What am I doing here? And where do I want it to go? Um, and so, you know, that's part of our job too, is, as um, the part of the team is to come in and, and help set some goals help, and then figure out what the action steps are that will help us move, help that business move towards those goals. Yeah. I think a lot of us are really good at sort of get, getting down in the dirt and doing the stuff that we do every day and, and so focused on that, just making that the best it could be. And we forget to sort of step back and look at the big picture and look at, you know, look at the business currently from the, from a big picture and then get even wider and look at where you've been and where you're going and sort of look at that all as one piece. Where are you now? Where have you come from and where are you going and how are you going to get to where you want to be? is so important to do that, especially when you know, you're working with small firms and small construction companies, they don't really have a lot of time to open up and look at that big picture. They're busy working on those, you know, in the dirt and getting their fingers and you know, fingernails dirty, um, you know, uh, you know, sort of. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's important for people like you to sort of go in and uh, encourage them to look beyond, you know, their everyday work. Yeah. So I think it's, yeah, it's that being able to work at both levels is to say, like, let's look at the big picture, the strategic plan, but also not just like leave you with a strategic plan that's going to sit on a shelf, but also yeah. to bring it down to like, okay, in February, what are the tasks that we need to do to move this forward? Who's going to do them? And then like checking in and making sure that, that we check things off the list. So it's kind of 
you know, and, and then sometimes we'll come in and, and be able to say, okay, yeah, your, your goal is to write a job description and post an ad for your new lead carpenter. Okay, great. We'll help you draft that. We'll help you figure out where to post it. We'll do some of the legwork on the, on the other end to make sure that we can help things move forward. Yeah. Sounds like a, a great service. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad you're doing that. Um, are, are there, um, so you're also working with, uh, you had mentioned to me earlier before we, we got on, t- on the call here that you're, um, leading a, a group of builders and uh, architects. You want to talk about that a little bit and what sure. that is? Yeah, about five years ago, um, I helped start a, a network called um, the Building Energy Bottom Lines. And it's a program of NESI, the Northeast Sustainable Energy Association. Um, and basically what it is, it's a peer network for builders, architects, engineers, anyone in the high performance building industry um, and design industry. and um, we come together, it's about 60 businesses right now, um, divided into six groups. So each group has about 10 companies in it. Um, and they range from, um, you know, basically a one man operation, you know, some sole proprietor architects to um, companies with 50 or 100 employees. But most of them, I would say, are in the, the five to 15 employee range. Um, and it's the entire Northeast? It's so, the entire Northeast. Sort of New York State North? Yep, all of New England, New York. Um, uh, I don't think we have anyone in Pennsylvania yet, but um, yeah, Northeast. And um, we come together twice a year in our groups and um, have an intense two and a half day meeting um, where and, and the, the meetings move around so that each business gets to host um, one of the gatherings. Um, over time, we get, we, we, we're circle around and get to visit everybody. But, um, you know, the first day of those gatherings is really focused on um, kind of checking in with each of the businesses. Um, mostly it's business owners who come to the meeting, but sometimes they'll bring key staff um, and employees. And, um, and then the second day is kind of the deep dive into whoever the host business is. And we interview their team. We interview some past clients, sometimes subcontractors, um, anyone who gives us like a picture of like, what's good, what's working well in this business and what do they need to work on? And you're sort of doing that live in front of everybody so that everybody can sort of see what's happening and they learn from it? Um, typically. So we'll break up into a number of- In small groups. groups. Three okay. or four, and then we'll have a whole roster of people that we're going to interview. So we kind of do that in the morning and then we come back and basically, you know, we're trying to, to feedback um, to the, the owners of the, the host company, uh, what we've heard and um, help them identify some, some next steps we're going you know, improving their business going forward. So, right. So, so you're focusing on that triple bottom line with that, that organization as yes, well. Yes. So this is a peer network that is really based around the idea of triple bottom line business. Um, you know, there are some similarities to other groups. Like I know there's Builders 20 group, a Remodelers Advantage has group, um, but those are very focused on profits. Yeah. <laughs> and so we try and take a broader view. Um, and I mean, in some ways it's also, there's also an online community so that we're in contact with each other between these larger meetings. Um, and it's, you know, so it's part support network and it's part inspiration. And, you know, for so many builders, I feel like, um, and I think this is, I'm sure this is true for architects too. It's really easy to be in your little bubble. Um, and you may have some idea of what your competitors are doing or what other people in the industry are doing, but um, to be able to have this open forum um, you know, we have a ton of, within these groups, a lot of transparency, people share their financials, they share their, you know, their struggles with their employees, you know, whatever the challenges are that are, that they're facing. And so there's part of it is, um, you know, having a group of people you can go to when you have challenges or questions. Um, we try and keep it more focused on the business side. So it's not, it's not a forum for technical detailing of like, what do you think about this tape? And like, how did detail? Right. Like, yep. installation. Um, there's other places where you can do that, but we tend to focus on, um, yeah, more business systems and, and sharing resources. So, you know, part of it is we don't want to have to reinvent the wheel. Um, and I think Entree Architects, you probably do a lot of this too, but how can we, um, if especially for some of the folks who are new in the business, um, they're just starting out and they're trying to figure out, okay, how do I, what does a change order form look like? And like, oh, and then like three people will post their template. Um, yeah. Or what do you, how do you, do you know where I can go and send my, my crew to get training on X, Y, or Z? Um, so it's, it's just an amazing community um, 
And I'm really lucky to be the facilitator of one of those groups. Yeah, it sounds like a very powerful program. It's, it's, it's very similar. What you just described is almost identical to the Entree Architect uh, Academy small group mastermind groups that we have. Uh, it's, we don't meet live, but everything else that you just described is exactly what those are for uh, and what they're intended for. We have 11 of those groups now, um, and they have about 10 to 12 people in them, and they meet weekly to do the same things. And, and just like you said, they're not, it's not about the technical details. We always say it's about, for us, it's about business leadership in life as a small firm architect. So it's everything except architecture and design. They can get that elsewhere, but we focus on, you know, business leadership and life of an, as an architect, because, you know, life as a small firm architect is complicated and, and sometimes overwhelming. And so it's great to have small groups, especially for sole practitioners to be able to come in and you know, on a weekly basis, have that support group. And so it sounds very similar to what you're doing. Is there, if somebody's interested in, in joining one of your groups, is it open for enrollment? Can people come and join your groups? Um, yes, when we, um, we just launched a sick group um, this month. And um, so I think that there are a couple slots open for that. Um, and then, you know, occasionally there's some turnover within the groups and we bring, bring new folks in to existing groups. So yeah, definitely go to check out nessie.org, N-E-S-E-A.org um, to find out about the bottom lines program and, and what's involved. Great. So if somebody's interested in, in joining that group or, or being part of that, uh, nessie.org, N-E-S-E-A.org, uh, and, uh, and just look around and, and uh, there's, I'm sure there's a contact form there. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole section on the bottom line program that they can. Great. Is, is there, is there a place where someone who's listening might be able to reach out to you um, and ask questions about Nessie, but also if somebody wanted to sort of, cause you're focused in the, the Northeast region and it sounds like such a powerful program. If somebody was interested in doing that in the Southwest or, you know, Southeast. Yeah, would they, We've had a few inquiries from folks interested in starting a similar peer network in other regions. And um, I know there was some interest in from the Pacific Northwest specifically. Um, I'm not sure exactly where they're, what, what they're, where that's at. I know that Nessie is Northeast right. focused. And so we've decided not to try and create groups in other regions. But um, I think that there's definitely um, a willingness to share the model. You know, Yeah, and that's what I was thinking is that maybe somebody could sort of talk to you and you could sort of advise them and yeah. and how they might be able to start a similar program in their region. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think that the folks at Nessie would probably be the best. So go to Nessie.org. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Great. Um, that sounds like a great program. So thanks for, for sharing that. And, um, and it, I agree with you. It is, it is, uh, it's definitely the most powerful thing we do. You know, we have lots of resources and we have online training, but the mastermind groups are by far, you know, people come into those groups and they are transformed you know, that they have that support and they, they have the knowledge, they have the encouragement, they have the place that they can, you know, share their struggles and their wins and celebrate. And they become little families. I mean, they really do. They, they become best friends uh, because they meet every week and they're, and they're closed groups and they share things that they don't share with anybody else, even, <laughs> even their families. And so these are people that they bond with and, and uh, they're very, very powerful. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the most fulfilling things about doing the work that I do is Seeing the transformation that can happen yeah. in companies, whether it's someone in my in my um, bottom lines group or whether it's one of my clients on the consulting side, but thinking back and saying, "Oh wow, you know, I just met you two years ago, but like, look at everything that's changed." And I think the peer network is very powerful in that it can be, um, especially for someone on the smaller side, you know, they can or who's just starting out, they can see examples of other businesses that right. wow look at what these other people are doing and not that they have to emulate those but that they can get some little nuggets of things that they might want to try and incorporate into what they're doing and so, yeah and there's the, there's that you know it's not always about growth i think you know it's often about right. how, how to really refine what you're doing at the scale that you're at but um but being able to be inspired by some of the some of the other folks in the industry is exciting yeah. And there's some built-in mentorship that happens and, and learning. So that the people who are more seasoned actually learn from the younger generation of what they're bringing to the profession as well, because mm -hmm. they're learning new technologies and new ways of doing things. And it sort of opens up our minds as more 
experienced architects and builders um, to learn what's coming up, what's coming, you know, up, up through the, through the ranks and technology and, and new ways of, of practice. And so it's, they're very, very powerful. So, yeah. So Nessie.org. Um, before we wrap up, Kate, I want to, I want to ask you the one question that I ask everybody. Uh, what is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? Well, I think my, um, what immediately comes to mind to that is, is really building strong relationships with the contractors that you work with in your area. Um, you know, at Helm, we're very focused on kind of trying to um, create alternative, you know, integrate an, an, an integrated approach to the design build process. Um, that, so it's trying to get away from competitive building, bidding into a more, um, a way, a place where the builder is involved in the design process from the beginning. Um, so for all of those architects out there, I think, you know, the best thing you can do is try and go out and, and build relationships with, um, with the folks in your area that you, that you want to work with. And, um, sorry. Um, and develop um, trusted, trusted relationships that, that can, um, folks you can work with over a long period of time yeah i think that's great advice i i it, it, do you have any um tips on how because i think integrated design and it, that integrated process i think the the contractors want it i think the built the architects want it um the clients don't always want it because the clients think that they're losing out on that potential competitive bid um do you have any suggestions on how architects who want to do that i think starting off by meeting and i think that's an excellent answer to that question but i but i want to i want to go further a little deeper on it because yeah. it's important um how you know meet with meet with those builders build relationships but then how can you approach the clients as a unified team and say this is how we do it and here's why we do it that way yeah i mean we are often um yeah involved in in coaching <laughs> coaching those conversations and having that that um going through that process and i think our pitch for the client is that we will end up saving you time and money by going through an integrated process because we are going to even at the schematic design phase we're going to be providing preliminary budget estimate estimates to make sure that you're in the right range um you know, architects aren't always known for having the expertise to be able to provide accurate estimating. And mm -hmm. so, so if the builder is involved, they can both be, and this is especially important for high performance uh, design because they're, they're complicated assemblies. Um, the building science is critical and, you know, different builders have different approaches. And so by bringing the builder in early, the architect can say, okay, what's the wall assembly that you think makes the most sense in this? Okay, let's, Let's design this for the wall assembly, maybe that you're most familiar with, um, and and so you're getting you're getting feedback on the design, you're getting feedback on the costs, um, and working that in so that because you know what mostly happens is you go all the way through construction documents, send it out to bid, and you realize you're fifty percent over right. the client's budget, you know, and and then you have to start back at the beginning, and, and nobody's happy. No one wants to do that. Um, so, so I think it's putting up, putting a little more time in up front um, earlier in the design phase. To, and and um, I know you've talked about this on your podcasts before, but we're big proponents of pre-construction agreements um, that pay the builder for their time and estimation yep. and project development process, um, just to make sure that they have an opportunity to to put the time in because then they'll, they'll actually give you a more accurate estimate that way. Um, yeah. So, so I think, you know, we're, we've been pretty successful at pitching that to clients. Um, and I think where it's hard is if it's a new relationship, if the architect and builder have not worked together before, right. yep. uh, then it's hard to go to the client and say, Oh yeah, we, you know, we've got this all figured out and we've got a whole system. Um, in those cases, you know, sometimes the, one or the other has to take the lead and, and say, okay, if, it, if the client came to the builder first, the builder says, oh yeah, here, let me, let, let's work with this architect and here's our process. And we really help try and um, 
walk people through what what is the design process because most folks have never built a house before <laughs> um, right. you know from the client perspective they don't know how long it takes they don't know what to expect so we try and really lay that out step by step here are all the different pieces that have to come together so that everyone's expectations hopefully are on the same page because that's where a lot of the conflict comes right is in um unfulfilled expectations <laughs> Right, exactly. That's that's where the the problems happen. That's where the, the relationships break down. And I, that's why I think that your advice, your original advice of of building relationships with one another, is so critical because what you're describing it, it all comes down to trust from all three parties. That the that the builder and the architect need to trust one another. They come in, they and that happens with relationship. Mm -hmm. That happens by by meeting one another, understanding one another understanding them as people and their families and their life and what happens with them. And that happens through these, 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 these meetings where you have a cup of coffee with them and you meet with them and you build, you bond with them and you, you build a relationship. And then when you bring that to a client, you're more likely to earn their trust because now this is a response, you know, to a builder and an architect who have a relationship who are coming together for your benefit. Now they have that trust as well. And that's where the success in projects comes from is when everybody trusts one another. And by far the best projects that I've ever been part of are when those three parties trust one another and they just let them do their jobs. You know, the architect trusts the builder to do what they do and the builder trusts the architect to do their work and the owner is trusting them both that they are there to help and benefit the owner. Um, and it starts with those relationships. So great advice to go, go pick a couple of contractors, go meet with them, build a team, a network of builders that you can trust. And so when you go to a client, you can bring that new process to them if that's not the way you do it now um, and have a much more successful project. So thanks for sharing that. Um, at, on the web, it's buildhelm.com. You can learn more about Kate and her team. Uh, great website, by the way. Very, very good looking and lots of information there. Uh, on Facebook and Instagram at BuildHelm. So just search BuildHelm and you'll find it. It's BuildHelm, H-E-L-M. So go check that out. Kate, this has been a really great conversation. Um, thanks for coming and hanging out with me and for sharing your knowledge here at the Entree Architect Podcast. Thanks, it's been great to be here, Mark. Okay, share that episode with a friend. This is episode 260. So the link is entrearchitect.com slash episode 260. Share that link with a friend, please. That's the way this podcast grows week after week after week because of you. So thank you very much. And join us over at Entree Architect Membership, a new masterclass expert training webinar every month. Just this past month, we had Ian Motley of Blue Turtle Consulting training on fee proposal fundamentals where he shared specific tactics on how to develop, present, and convert your proposals into the projects that you want. A super popular uh, training session. You can get it when you're a member. Also, we also recently invited Stacy Brown Randall of Growth by Referrals. She talked about building a referral system that doesn't require asking for referrals. Hey, and do you want to learn about how to rank better on Google? or improve your position on all the search engines? Well, Robert Yoon of Monograph trained on SEO basics, search engine optimization. How do you get your website to the top of Google? Robert showed you how in the Entree Architect training session. That is what you wanna do. Join Entree Architect membership every month. We have another training session just like those. Marketing, sales, financial management, productivity, it is all in there, and you will have unlimited access to the entire archive of training sessions. We record them all and you get access to all of them when you join. Training, resources, and a private community for small firm architects. That is Entree Architect membership. Are you a member? Join us. Hundreds of your fellow entrepreneur architects and me are already inside Entree Architect membership. Gain full instant access today, right now at EntreeArchitect.com. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I am an entrepreneur architect, and I encourage you to build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, and share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.
I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. (laughs) So for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.